So how is the programme looking for Humane, Kat? So Humane, our AI conference for media and marketing, is really starting to look like a pretty great programme, if I say so myself. Uh, Lots of really incredible use cases in marketing. We'll have a couple of really spicy panel discussions on AI in the newsroom, how media organisations are thinking about AI and the transformation for the industry as a whole. Humane is on May the 28th. Early bird tickets are on sale now. Save $90. Go to humane.au. That's H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, it's getting chilly in media land. Another big week in earnings season. And are publishers prepared for the impact of AI? Unmade. It's Monday, February 26. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. And don't keep us hanging. This time last week, you told us how you were off to some sort of mountain biking thing. How was your weekend? It was the Red Bull Hardline event, the first time it's been held outside of Wales, extreme downhill mountain biking that Red Bull sponsor a massive promotional event. It was absolutely huge, and all the riders, they fly them them in from around the world, said that the course in Tasmania was the most extreme they've ever ridden. Just huge airs, like 90-foot jumps. I mean, it was insane. And the money that Red Bull have spent, I mean, the... I had some friends that were doing the outside broadcast and they had brought over massive trucks that Seven usually used to broadcast the football at the G. They'd brought these huge OB vans and satellite and run fibre optic up the hill for the cameras. It was a massive event, but it was it was fun to go and fun to see. How was your weekend? Was it as, was it as tiring as mine? May I, I had one of those horrible end of summer moments when I lit the fire for the first time last night. That was the most significant event of my weekend, I think. So winter's coming to Tasmania. Let's move on from that and say a hello and a good morning to Kat McGinn. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, yes, hopefully. How, how was your weekend? Was it as exciting as mine? Uh, it was absolutely dreadful. I'm moving house, so I'm surrounded by boxes and misery. Uh, well, let's let's move on from the misery and start this week with what feels like a change in the weather for the media. Last week saw Vice reach the end of the road as a news website, Tim? Yeah, that was just one of the kind of pieces of, uh, I suppose, bad news from overseas. So um, Vice has always been a, one of those kind of most unique media properties, really, in the... Um, it, it always had a very iconoclastic approach. You know, it started life as a kind of, you know, as a hipster magazine. I don't quite know when their last print edition was, but uh, many years ago now. Then became a really interesting kind of website that would would actually do some quite genuine reporting as well, you know, kind of sometimes in quite a kind of gonzo way. Um, And also had a kind of TV property to it as well. And that's the one part that might just survive. But like many of the um, uh, global publications, it never made much money. So, of course, now that things have got a bit tougher in display advertising, it's really had a downturn. And they they, uh, filed for bankruptcy last year. 
and uh, were kind of sold into a um, consortium, but they've now run out of money. So it looks like the newsroom is going to close altogether and probably the website. So um, it's, um, yeah, it's one of the more significant closures since we saw the significant downgrading of BuzzFeed just a few months ago. Uh, Kat, there have also been some some other closures with Artifact and, and some other publications. Yeah, I mean, Artifact is the AI um, aggregated news platform, but the fact that they are, after less than a year in um, business, are closing their doors due to lack of a financial model, I think that's a pretty dire sign. But we've also seen Pitchfork close down, Sports Illustrated, obviously my favourite ever title. And across media, really, we're seeing more and more layoffs. And at home, things things are tough for the media too. There's more today on the news media bargaining code money. Yes, or rather the lack of it. There's a story in both the Financial Review uh, and also the, the, the sort of reporting which runs across Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and the Brisbane Times. Um, so, yeah, headline in the Financial Review, Australian media's $70 million lifeline ends in months. Meta isn't picking up, which is quite a good encapsulation. And then similarly, um, we've got um, uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald Age and Brisbane Times, $1 billion for journalism at risk in new warning over Google, Facebook. Um, So it it looks like the biggest risk is from Meta, which seems to have been sending signals it's not very interested in renewing this deal, which was basically negotiated with a gun to its head um, about four years ago. Um, no, correction, it would be three years ago, wouldn't it? Um, so we've we, we seen around the world Facebook's and its parent company, Meta, resist doing these deals to support the uh, the media. Um Google and Alphabet, I think people are a little bit more, more optimistic that they might um, they, 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 they might go again. But um, but yeah, you know we're we're not that far from July one when these deals begin to expire, and there there will be a point I think when some of the big publishers, particularly the ones that are on the ASX, are going to have to start confessing to the market that this money is starting to look unlikely because that will potentially have an impact on earnings. It's all sounding a bit bleak. I thought I'd start my Monday with a bit of positive vibe, but it's <laughs> very quickly killing that. The Australian also had the news today of a rough year uh, predicted for the online advertising market. Yeah, so the Australians are reporting on the data that was released today from the Interactive Advertising Bureau. I think that these days they're actually just shortened to IAB, their online advertising report, which has been going for a long time, compiled by PwC. And um, that shows that although market spend into digital to media rose, it was only by 3.7%, which I think is the smallest ever rise for um for, for for digital so it it sort of suggests that um even in that kind of what we thought of as the growth area for the last 10 or 15 years even that is beginning to kind of reach some sort of plateau at the moment so so give us some context how bad actually is it this is as bad as i've seen it in 2009 after the gfc things bounced back quite quickly Back when newspapers were close to going out of print in 2012, at least there was still a boom in digital. 
The COVID recovery in 2021 was even faster. But this time, cyclical change and structural change have both come along at once. It's bleak. And with that, let's try and pick the mood up. And up next, all the news that's fit to generate on AI. Gee whiz, Tim. I'm feeling like anxious magangious right about now. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to throw myself off the balcony. I'll be back in a... (laughs) And I'm putting staff on, Tim. Geez, no wonder I'm feeling sick to my stomach. Hey, look, there is um, there there is data saying that one of the growth places is digital audio. Actually, though, so. my thought is the it's got content's got to be made until Cat uh, comes in and ruins it all. Next segment with AI <laughs> saying that ge- everything's going to be totally generated. You won't need video guys or anything. But at the until that happens, you need people. And so, if we can do it efficiently, hopefully that's our box seat. That's what I'm telling myself anyway. <laughs> Unmade. The EU has just passed new laws around AI cats. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so the EU's um, Artificial Intelligence Act is is in committees right now. It's just been approved. Legislation is likely to follow within the next couple of months, and it makes it the world's first attempt to legislate and constrain potential harms of, of AI. Um, it's, the uh, lawmakers have tried to strike a balance between enabling innovation um, and also protecting democracy, uh, issues around environmental sustainability and human rights. And there are certain industries that are being more heavily regulated, um, sectors that are seen as higher risk. Um, And I think what the really critical perspective here is that whilst the EU is really trying to think through and, um, and protect sort of the fabric of society. We have a regulatory context here in which it's a purely voluntary opt-in model and there are no penalties or, or consequences um, for, for not adhering to the code of conduct that we, we have in Australia. It's been, um, it's been in the news really this week, the possibility of AI becoming an extinction level um, event, in, particularly in terms of media. Um, what I'm seeing when I'm talking to people's as we work through the curating process for Humane is there's a relatively small number of people who are fully getting their heads around the potential magnitude of this impact. So if you're using brand funded content and publisher content to train AI, but then because of um, AI search, meaning that users don't any longer need to click through to the original content, there's no advertising revenue. And for ad-funded media, that's a really big problem. Interesting. Talking about content creation, I was at, at the Red Bull uh, Hardline event and up on the mountain at one of the jumps talking to a guy who Abe, was... Abe, I have to ask, are you a Red Bull influencer? <laughs> yes, I have a... <laughs> he's he's my, smashing three cans right my now. My huge following, actually, my son said, I want, son said, I want to have a try a can of Red Bull. It was our first Red Bull. I said, well, we're here. We have to drink a can. But that was about it. Um but talking to uh, one of the guys shooting uh, content for a few of the brands, so he had a really nice camera. Talking about AI, we started talking about it, and I said, "What does this mean?" As you know, uh, image generation and video AI generation. Where does that leave us? And I mean, we we didn't know the answer. And I'm cat. I'm just wondering if you've got a thought on that. I mean, should it be something that that video creators, that content creators should be worried about if it can be created by the machine? Or is this something that will pass and need human involvement 
as well and kind of be almost the stock footage of the video creator. Any thoughts on that? I mean, that's a, such a complex question. And we've just seen the, the release of OpenAI's Sora um, text-to-video model. Um, it's not publicly available yet, but the early um, experiments coming coming out are looking pretty impressive. And it really, I think that's a huge threat to the production industry as a, as a whole. Um, I suppose what I'm seeing is also that there's still a strong need for humans to originate the thought and then to polish the output, but certainly it's going to constrain the number of hours that, that people are needed. It's going to be interesting seeing how uh, yeah, how regulation affects that as well. And should okay. we have any? Yeah, should yeah, that's true. Uh, what else is happening in AI use in in media and marketing? So there's some new research that's come out of the Sweathead community, which is a global um, community of planners and strategists and sort of creative thinkers led by. Um, Mark Pollard. This research has been created with Lee Suan, and what they've found is that, and this is certainly borne out by conversations that I'm having, in, on an individual level, a pretty high percentage of people in advertising are using AI on a perhaps weekly or m- more frequent basis, but their organizations are not um, officially mandating the use of tools, which I think creates this enormous risk um, potentially of people uploading sensitive data. And because the fact is that you can't just use an off-the-shelf large language model and expect it to spit out advertising brilliance, those those kind of tools need to be specifically trained for a, a particular use case. And so I think what will happen is people will be spending so, so much time muddling around looking for the right solution and having to use six different options that we'll probably have a, a bit of a backlash that look AI is not solving all the problems I thought it should. So it's an interesting, an interesting, um, I guess, validation of, of of the thinking that I'm hearing from from people. And it wouldn't be a, a true AI update without some more controversy. What else has happened lately? So as we mentioned, Sora launched its text to video model, and that got everyone in a bit of a tizzy. Then, um, and this is another issue, a whole new industry is now at risk because the, the, some researchers believe that Sora was trained on video game content. Um, but then, I, I hesitate to say it, but Google's had another, a little bit of a blunder. So they've had to uh, temporarily dismantle their image generation feature as part of their AI tool, Gemini, after it, it went woke, <laughs> according to... Uh, to critics and was having a really hard time uh, with some racial bias in the images that were being produced. It's worth explaining what a couple of examples. So just a just a lot of um, it, I think it tried to control for bias by making it more likely that if you didn't specify uh, an ethnicity, then it would generate um, a, a black person or person of color. So then we were seeing black Vikings, black popes. Black Nazis. Uh, yes, black Nazis. That's a, that's a winning combination. Um, and just really, um, it, it's setting themselves up for a great deal of, um, of ridicule from, from all sides of this debate. Question I have, though, and obviously it's hilarious that Google once again have gone another week where they've completely messed up their branding around their AI. What um, what if this was more serious? What if the AI was in charge of 
something a bit more life-threatening. Um, is this some sort of case study in what we should actually fear around unintended consequences? Yeah, 100%. That, I mean, all of, all of the way in which we're sort of, I think, struggling, honestly, to, to adopt and adapt to the AI transformation. There are so many near misses. The fact that we haven't, you know, things haven't gone worse is actually something of a miracle. But I think in this, particularly in this big global election year, the fact that we are having so many issues with being able to validate, authenticate um, images you know, we're not able to distinguish between real and fake uh, in a way that I think is is really alarming. And it's a really urgent uh, situation. I don't know if you heard the um, Joe Biden robocalls. So AI generated um, phone calls from seemingly the president asking people to not vote. America's actually, to its credit, reacted really quite speedily and has now banned um AI robocalls, but I think it's just we shouldn't be waiting for something to go wrong in order to take action. We should be thinking proactively and preemptively. Up next, earnings season wraps up. Unmade. We're now getting towards the end of earnings season. What did we learn last week, Tim? The big one last week was nine. We were looking out for their results. We'd we'd previously seen some disappointing numbers from seven, which is obviously the other big TV player that's on the ASX. So we were looking for similar signals from nine, which 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 I, I guess has got a kind of wider base because as well as TV, it's got its publishing arm, it's got its um, subscription streaming arm through Stan, it's got its um, majority ownership of Domain. So there, there, there's more to it. But nonetheless, it was not a great update from Nine. It wasn't surprising because we get the monthly numbers from Standard Media Index. But um, but yeah, apart from the first year after Nine and Fairfax merged, this was the worst first half that Nine has had. So profits down to three hundred and sixteen million for the half, which was down about fifteen percent, and revenues were down as well, about two percent. And that's kind of even more scary when you think about the fact that because of inflation, costs were going up at that same time. So you know, um, one point three seven billion dollars isn't what it used to be um so that that i suppose was the sort of concerning signal i i didn't see any surprise in the results but we did see um nine share price go down a bit on the day which i i think as much as anything was because i would say nine was a shade less optimistic than James Warburton, CEO of Seven, had been in terms of the outlook going forward. So the signal that um, Michael Stevenson, Nine's um, uh, revenue boss, um, sent to the market was that this quarter, still not great. Next quarter, maybe is where we hit bottom. And that was the, that was the com- that was the conversation of, of you know the most optimistic thing that I heard in that in that earnings call was we might be near the bottom. Um, so um, <laughs> I can see you just shaking your hair, Dave. I know it's such a depressing update this week, but um... well, a cat picked the mood up before slightly dashing our hopes, and you just trashed us on the rocks again. Um, <laughs> phew, goodness. What else are we looking out for? Please, any any positive news this week? Yeah, look, the the 
there's a couple to look at so there there are three major earnings updates this week um uh i've group um reports today monday which is the sort of printing and marketing conglomerate um uh enero which is the holding company owns bmf amongst others that's later the wednesday if i remember rightly and then on thursday the one looking out for is southern cross Stereo. Now, um, what's really interesting about SCA, of course, is that there's a takeover bid going on at the moment, which isn't yet a binding takeover bid, seems to be getting a bit closer. That's from a consortium led by ARN Media, which is SCA's biggest rival. So ARN, um, they had their update last week as well. One of the things they nodded towards was Yes, they're moving forward. Yes, they hope to pull off this uh, merger by the end of next month, but they haven't yet moved into full due diligence. And they're sort of, they're, they, if you read between the lines, they seem to be suggesting that SCA are dragging their feet slightly on that. So we, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more from SCA. Um, away from the update on what they think about the merger, the other thing I'm looking out for is... Could this be the moment when they announce that Listener, uh, SCA's streaming play, has moved into profitability? Um, that was the thing that was sort of flagged at about the time that previous CEO Grant Blackley was was on the way out, was that it was getting close to that. So that could be the, the piece of good news from SCA. Um, certainly that's the thing that I'm looking out for. Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go and give us five stars on your app. It helps other people find us. And if you really enjoyed it, then you can become a paying member of Unmade. Go to unmade.media to find out how. And if you're interested in learning more about how AI is changing the media and marketing world do please come to Humane. It's happening on May 28th in Sydney. Go to Humane, that's Humane with an A-I, dot A-U. Today's podcast was produced with the usually enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pet. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.